What's going on, world? This episode of America's Sweethearts Podcast is brought to you by Anthony's Tree Services, the best tree services in all of Pittsburgh. They'll trim your trees, trim your branches, and take out those pesky trees that are getting in your way. They also offer the best deals and prices. To contact Anthony's Tree Services, call 412-757-5570. Now to the video. Hello, world. Welcome back to America's Sweethearts Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He was a chaplain at Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. He's been a priest for 13 years and he's been generous enough for this time to come talk with us about some current events and sort of what's going on in the world. Uh, please give a warm welcome to Father Dorner. Well, it's good to be here. And I do need to ask a question. Why is it called America's Sweethearts? I'm just curious <laughs> about that. Because um, it's an interesting name for yeah. two college guys. <laughs> Matt, you want to take that? I came up with it. We, we figured out we were going to do a podcast, and first thing we figured out was the name, and I came up with just a list of probably like two dozen names. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly started thinking, and I guess America's uh, Sweethearts is like a song that okay. I was listening to in the recent days. Okay. And it was on the list, and Luke was like, hey, I like this one. Okay. And it just stuck. Just curious. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I just think it's curious. a nice, nice twist for a couple. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But thank you for coming on, bud. No problem. Yeah, yeah we appreciate you uh, spending your time with us. So first off, um, just kind of. We're in a very weird time in the world with That's COVID. That's a, a yeah. proper assessment. Yeah, yes. probably an understatement. Yeah. Um, what are your opinions on sort of the general closing of school, or not schools, of churches in, uh, in at least the Pittsburgh area mm-hmm. as a result of this pandemic? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been thinking about that because that was one of the questions I knew you were going to ask. Um, we've been pretty good here in the state of Pennsylvania. You know, the governor has not mandated church closings, as far as I know. He has also not tried to tell us how to do our worship and how to do things in churches. Some other governors are trying to tell churches how to conduct their worship services. Um, For instance, some governors are saying you can't sing. Other governors are saying no food or drink. Well, Catholic Mass says what? Bread and wine. Transformed into Jesus. So we haven't had that. And I know the new uh, regulations have come down. I think they said no more than 25 for an indoor thing. Well, we're not doing that. here in Pittsburgh, and it's done pretty much by diocese. Each individual bishop, for the most part, has, you know, makes all the decisions. Uh, we're on 25% capacity of, uh, of a church building. For instance, where I live, St. Sebastian Church, now part of uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish, we can fit a, close to 1,000 people in the church. Okay. So 25% is 250. Okay. So we've been good with the government not trying to tell us what all to do. Yeah. And Bishop Zubik, he did close the churches, but now they're open back up. Um, we, we got a, a long list of things to keep people safe. For instance, after each service, you know, wiping down the pews, yeah. uh, making mm-hmm. sure everything is, is kept clean. So we've been pretty good with that. Um, we also have the choice to do outside services and confessions. Um, so a lot of guys do that because they can fit more people outside than 25% capacity. For instance, good friends of mine up in Beaver County, their church is rather small. Uh, 25% capacity would be 75 people. So they have, they set up a big tent out in the parking lot. People can bring their lawn chairs and sit and go to Mass. You can fit a lot more people. So it's actually been pretty good here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. It was tough, though, for me, you know, when we closed yeah, down yeah. because, um, you know, as a priest, that's what I do, yeah. you know, with the people. Um, but I think the bishop, you know, he is a prayerful man. And I know he prayed a lot about it uh, to make that decision. And I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. 
You know, it is a very difficult time. But they're open now, 25% capacity. Um, you have to have uh, everything sanitized after every service. For instance, I, as a priest, uh, can celebrate Mass, but then to give out communion, I have to put a mask on, sanitize my hands. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not ideal, obviously, but you know, you need to be prudent in these times. Was there but like I said, our, our, our state of Pennsylvania has been very good with not telling us yeah. what to do. Yeah. Was there a period of time um, that the churches were closed, correct, for yes. us? How yeah, long I, forget how, I forget how long it was. Was it over a month? Yeah, right? yeah. at least a month. Five or six yeah. weeks. Yeah. I remember like, when I first started going, I went to Catholic grade school my whole life. And whenever I, I went to Olsha at the Catholic high school, uh, you know, I started talking to priests, whether it be at confession or just you know in a classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized it's, it's actually a mortal sin to miss Mass and to not keep it with Sabbath. Yes. And this kind of seems kind of productive, so maybe you could explain how that works. Sure. The obligation to go to Mass is uh, technically called merely ecclesiastical law. It's church law. Mm-hmm. It's not divine law. Divine law says keep holy the Sabbath. The church says the way that we will honor that commandment and fulfill that commandment is to go to Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. Church law can be dispensed. For instance, it used to be the law of the church that every Friday, Catholics could not eat meat. Well, that's been uh, dispensed from, um, except for Fridays of uh, Lent and Ash Wednesday. So the church law of having to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days can be dispensed, and the bishop has dispensed that. I believe every diocese in the country, most likely in the world, have dispensed with that. Mm -hmm. So we are not currently under the obligation to attend Mass. So it is not a sin to miss. Was uh, communion still being given out during that time period when the Masses was shut down? No, everything was shut down. Okay. Because I understand that uh, the communion is like an incredible gift. It is. Yeah. It is. Things were shut down. However, you know, anointing someone who was very ill, yeah. close to death, you know, we could do that. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it is what it yeah. is. Um, I wouldn't want to be in the bishop's shoes to have to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't alone in that decision. Um, for the most part, the bishops of Pennsylvania meet and they had Zoom meetings and they discussed it. So the whole. Yeah. Um, state of Pennsylvania pretty much did the same thing. The good news is we're open now and we can do that. But since day one of this whole craziness, um, the obligation to attend Mass has been dispensed. Mm, I now you still on Sunday should have a prayerful time, yeah. should yeah. do work, you know, not look Sunday as a day to catch up on you know your work and stuff. It's still a day of rest. It's still a day to honor God. We can do that other than going to Mass mm. right now. I think it's going to be tough once this is all calmed down to put the obligation back yeah. on and have people come back. I think, unfortunately, what's going to happen is a lot of people are just used to not going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even before the pandemic hit, you know, our mass numbers were not great, mm-hmm. you know, down to the low 20%. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot less when we come back. People, are, you know, who weren't in the habit to go to begin with mm-hmm. are yeah. now completely out of the habit of going. So that's going to be a challenge, but that's going to be a down-the-road challenge. Yeah. For now, you know, people can go to Mass. They're not under the obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, we would say that if you have any symptoms, you know, you shouldn't come. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to come. Uh, it's nice that people would want to come. And yeah. seeing yeah. people come at this time, it's heartening for me because people really value the Mass. Mm-hmm. And as you said, value 
opportunity and a value to Eucharist, yeah. which is a good thing. Um, so it's nice to see people coming, but you know, we just need to be prudent. Yeah. yeah. I have um, several like, younger siblings. Uh, I actually have one who's about to, in second grade, who's about to receive their first communion mm-hmm. confession, and then I have two eighth graders who were uh, getting a confirmation, mm-hmm. and uh, they both missed out on it. Do you know, mm-hmm. is that coming well, up? No, it's back now. It's back now? now okay. Each individual parish uh, plans it as they wish. But yeah, we've been having, I know at the parish I'm at, they've been having first communion masses. Now, it's a limited number of people you can have. Okay. Um, but they are having first communion. And now confirmation is back on. Normally, the bishop is the one who gives confirmation. You had Mr. Rocky for... Yes. Um, all right, so who is the ordinary minister of confirmation? This is, you just had this not long ago. Mr. Rocky's going to kill us. Um, okay, she's watching. She's <laughs> not knowing the ordinary minister is the bishop. Yeah. Okay. The okay. extraordinary minister is the priest. Okay. Okay. Normally, a priest cannot give confirmation unless you're bringing someone into the church, or if someone's in danger of death, you can confirm. Mm-hmm. But our bishop Zubik has appointed or has delegated, is the technical term, all priests uh, who are pastors or administrators in the diocese to confer the sacrament of confirmation for the next year. Okay. So parishes are now in the process of planning confirmation masses, but it will be the priest at the parish doing the confirmation. Okay. And baptisms are, are back on. You can only have one family at a time. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you know, you've had multiple families in the church and do a number of kids at one time. But now, uh, just one family at a time. So baptisms are on, confirmations, mm-hmm. first communion, uh, parishes are having confessions. Okay, so it's there. You yeah. know, the opportunity is there. Yeah. Okay. So you said that, uh, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, the governor hasn't sort of been telling churches what to do. It's been left up to the individual diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, but some states, I think New York and California are... And others. Ones, are, yeah, and others yeah. are trying to ban worship services altogether. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you say the appropriate response as a practicing Catholic would be to that? I believe, and this is my opinion, that, you know, churches are essential services. You know, why can we go to Giant Eagle yeah. or go to the grocery store in California, but you can't go to a church service? Yeah. So, you know, I, and some places have, you know, responded with lawsuits saying, you know, you have no right to tell us not to have services. Mm-hmm. I think the bishops of Minnesota all got together and were threatening legal action, which is enough for the governor to say, okay, yeah, let's take a step back and talk about this. And they were able to come to a, an mm-hmm. agreement. But the government has no authority to tell us how to worship. Mm-hmm. And I believe it should be an essential service. Yeah. Um, if abortion mills are allowed yeah. to be open, it's considered an essential service. Yeah. Well, shouldn't churches be? Yeah. And again, we're not mandating that people come, so that yeah. you know the dispensation is there not to come. So, and always, even when the uh, the obligation to attend mass is there, if you're sick, you don't have to go. Yeah. We don't want you there if you're sick. Because we can get other people. Yeah. Sick. yeah. Um, but yeah, government has no, definitely has no authority to tell us how to worship. You know, to mandate you can't sing. To mandate no food or drink, you, they have no right to do that. But no uh, singing doesn't—it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, they figure the, the germs are going to come out because when we're singing, we're using a, a louder voice, and germs can go yeah. out. So, although now in, in the diocese of Pittsburgh, you know, you have all people in the pews have to have a mask on. Yeah. Okay. Now we can argue the efficacy of masks. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Personally, I don't think the cloth mask is going to stop the virus, but it might stop spittle from. I think there's scientific studies that support your. Perspective on that too, but I think they, they, their idea is well, singing is 
you know. Yeah, it spreads spreading it out. Germs and out. You know, this thing's a nasty anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hate to be cynical, but I am. Yeah. You know, this thing's a nasty anyway. So, uh, it's definitely, you know, the, the states that said no food or drink, well, that's yeah. gas. Yeah, that's that's what deal. we do. Yeah. That's the biggest part of mass. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they have no right to do that. And then, like I said, I, I believe it should be considered an essential service. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can go to Giant Eagle. You can yeah. walk all around. People touching all the different yeah. groceries, putting stuff back. You know, is it a grocery so store? Why not church? Why not church who we are after every service, wiping yeah. down the pews yeah. after every yeah. service? You know, the priest is very uh, careful to purify his yeah. hands. You know, even, you know, mm-hmm. um, communion on the tongue. You know, if you touch the tongue, because people don't know how to receive communion on the tongue. Yeah. They're moving yeah. and this and that. But, uh, you know, we purify our hands and uh, right. sanitize them. So, you know, we're doing our best to keep mm-hmm. things safe. Mm-hmm. If people have any symptoms, don't come to church, you know, because you might get If, yeah. if you do have it, or even if you don't, being sick, you shouldn't want to spread the germs around. Mm-hmm. You know, as a high school chaplain, I see students, you know, they're, you know, they're coughing, they're sick, they look yeah. horrible. Like, well, you know, well, I didn't want to miss school. Well, you're going to get everyone sick. So you need to be prudent. But yeah, government has no right to tell us how to worship. Um, and it should be considered an essential service. And again, here in Pennsylvania, we don't have that problem. Yeah, you know, like I said, the, the governor's new mandate came out. 25 people or less inside for gatherings. Well, we don't have to follow that. Yeah. We have our own guidelines, 25%. Do you uh, support your guidelines? Like, do you agree with them? Or are you not? I think you need to be prudent okay. in this yeah. day and age. I, I think there's been, a, you know, either way you can argue, to yeah. be honest with you. But I think, and it's not that there's an overabundance of people yeah. clamoring to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. In some parishes, that do have a lot of people coming. You know, they're adding more masses. Mm-hmm. But a number of parishes are having less masses. Uh, and it, everybody's needs are being met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you brought up abortion a minute ago, or yes. a couple minutes ago. Um, and I'm glad you did, because I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. the lawsuit that the Little Sisters of the Poor just recently won at the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, um, yeah. having to do with providing birth control to their employees and how mm-hmm. that is against the Catholic religion. And, yes. Uh, just sort of getting your thoughts on that and why why you think it's so important that this step is being taken to protect religious liberties. Well, again, it's the idea that, you know, we, in the Bill of Rights, it's very clear, you know, the free exercise of religion. Mm-hmm. We take that very seriously, uh, the life issues. And there is a lot of problems with birth control, um, not just the is the word ethicalness of birth control. It's the idea that many times it produces an abortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects of birth control pills, for instance. So to tell us that we have to pay for that service for someone to get yeah. our employees to, that's like violating our rights. Yeah. Is we have to religion. Yeah. So you have no right to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if the people who would really want it don't have access to it. Yeah. And then they're telling us, well, if you don't pay for it, you have to refer them to someone who will. Well, that's, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I, this guy here will shoot you. So yeah. go on there. Yeah. You know, so it's the idea that, you know, the free exercise of religion, yeah. um, that violates our faith. Yeah. And, and we're going to see that a lot more, um, different things. And even still some politicians are saying, even though the Supreme Court said it, we're still going to push it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's part of societal dislike of 
religious people. I was going to ask, like, why do you think that is? They, they dislike our beliefs. You know, we value human life. Mm-hmm. They don't. Uh, they, they think that birth control should be a right. We don't. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you, Luke and I have talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago that there's been a whole secular movement since. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 50s, 60s, so on, up until 2020. Since the time of the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? 2,000 years yeah. of church history. You know what that is. Well, I, I think it's all this idea of we want to do what we want to do. Yeah. We don't want people telling us what to do. The sexual revolution, I think especially, because uh, that covers morality, yeah. people yeah. don't want to be told what to do. They mm-hmm. want to have free love. They want to do whatever feels good to them. As opposed to saying, well, no, God has a plan for mm-hmm. us. God has his commandments. And we don't look at commandments as a, you know, just thou shalt not. Yeah. It's what is his plan for us, for true happiness. And there, there's a reason why certain, you know, sins are sins. Like, I believe that all immoral actions and types of sins, some way, whether it's immediate or long-term, lead to damage and destruction. Would that be sure. true? Oh, sure. Look what happened with the sexual revolution. Yeah. Look how, you know, the misogynistic culture we live in mm. uh, we don't value women like we used to yeah. because of this idea of free love you can just have sex with no responsibility love them and leave them yeah and it's, it's not just misogyny it's it's everything just yeah. basic um, respect for people and it's not just within the sexual realm mm. you know look at we just can't have a conversation if we disagree on things in this culture anymore mm. you know yeah you know, um, people are not willing to to sit down and talk and debate an issue. Not to be sexist, but do you think like the more popularized women coming into work, do you think that led to more misogyny and like people and more like freeness about women and less like respect because of that? That I don't know. I'd have to look into that and think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Just right offhand I, I can't give an answer. That's not that I'm trying to start yeah, the yeah. question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think nowadays a lot of people have to work. You, know, oh, you have yeah. to have two incomes. Yeah, you know, I was raised by a single mom. She had to go yeah. work. Um, that I don't know whenever it first began. But I think like the push to have like more women in science or more women in STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't see why we can't just let the free market play this out and have the best people in there. You know. If, that's what, you're meant to be there. You're yeah, meant to that's be. how I look at it. It should be the best qualified yeah. person. Yeah. If I was a business owner and I was hiring someone to help run my business, I would want the best person. No matter what race they are, no matter what sex they are, yeah. I would want the best person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, you mm-hmm. call it the free market, but yeah, the idea yeah. that it should be the best person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. yeah. So, Father, with this, like, sexual revolution you're talking about and how we, we both, everybody here agrees that all moral actions lead to destruction in some, in some way. Obviously, like, murder, rape, abortion, they're all immediate. That's why sin is, like, you know, not abortion, but murder and rape, they're illegal. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a sin, like, I'll say um, homosexual marriages, gay marriages, should that be something that should be illegal, even though it doesn't immediately put somebody in danger? Well, it's the idea that, you know, what is marriage? Yeah. You know, marriage is man and a woman mm-hmm. you know we've taught that consistently not just for 2,000 years of Christian history but for the Jewish history before that mm-hmm. you know man and woman come together and so I, I just believe that this whole redefining marriage because yeah. what's starting to happen now um, what do they call it with uh, 
multiple wives. What's uh, uh, polygamy? Polygamy. Yeah. I couldn't think of that. Yeah. You know, now that's the next thing. And even in some areas, yeah. they're starting to talk about legalizing polygamy. So it's the idea of redefining marriage, mm-hmm. which I don't think can happen. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think that the government should really even have a say with marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah. But at the same yeah. time. There definitely needs to be laws, you know, you can't marry animals, you can't marry children. Mm-hmm. So like what's like should the government protect gay people if it's not hurting people? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean people have free will, they can do it. Exactly. Yeah. But again to mm-hmm. call it marriage. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. that's where the problem is because marriage has consistently been taught for yeah. millennia. Man and woman. Should the other Yeah. And then, now there is legal aspects of marriage, mm-hmm. you know, tax benefit is one of the biggest thing. Um, certain rights that spouses have, uh, for instance, if one spouse is sick in the hospital, the other spouse is the one to make decisions yeah. if that person's incapacitated normally. So there are, there are benefits to marriage that yeah. the government oversees, but the sacrament of marriage, yeah. that's the church, the legal civil union yeah, yeah. aspect of marriage, that's the state. So again, it's the idea that, you know, Mm-hmm. Never the two shall See, cross. Sometimes would you be against like just a legal marriage and not like doing it in a church if they just want to sign a document to be married? That, well, that happens in many countries. Um, they do the civil marriage, which is all the government stuff, and then they come to the church to do the sacrament of marriage, yeah. to do the church ceremony. What happens here in this country is I have authority to do a marriage for the state. What the state does is they recognize our marriage. Mm-hmm. So okay. when I marry two Catholics at St. Clinic of the Church, um, I fill out a marriage license for the state, send that in, and the state recognizes our marriage. So some people say, well, that we need to get rid of that. Just mm-hmm. do the church marriage or the civil marriage. Uh, but like I said, many parts of the world, you know, you do the church marriage after the civil ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, you know, we, we just get out of the civil aspect yeah. of marriage department. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, in Pennsylvania, they will recognize church yeah. weddings. And that happens in this country throughout, yeah. but it's not anywhere in the world. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking that because I consider myself like a Christian conservative, and mm-hmm. so I believe in little government. Yeah. And so I, I think that my, my own personal opinion, I don't, I don't, I think um, gay marriage is immoral, but at the same time, I don't think the government should have the right to tell gay people that they, you know, I don't think the government has that right to tell people what they can and can't do, you know, in their bedroom. But at the same yeah. time, there needs to be laws against, you know, pedophiles and sure. animal lovers, you name it, whatever. There needs to be certain laws. So, like, could you maybe explain from, like, a legal standpoint or, a, I don't know, the, the state standpoint, like, mm-hmm. how how you would, like, the laws be set up as a Catholic, how I should mm-hmm. think that way? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a long. It's a long question. Yeah. Uh, ever seen the movie Back to School? I just have one question in thirty-seven parts. You know, um, that's the idea that you know we were founded on Judeo-Christian values, mm-hmm. so we would want the laws to reflect that. Okay. Um, and there are some aspects of behavior that do affect others. Pedophilia mm-hmm. being a, a main one. You know, you're hurting children. Um, now, sometimes people say, well, two people should be free to do whatever they want. Sure, unless it bothers someone yeah. or something. Well, redefining marriage to be between two men, two women, 
man and a goat, whatever it might be, you know, that's changing the definition of marriage. And that is harmful to society, I would argue. Um, if they want to have some kind of a system that they can get rights and privileges through the government, that's one thing. But then to call it marriage, that's yeah. where I would have a problem with that. I just think that's too much government for, or sorry, too much power for the government to say, you, you can't, you know, do this. I think that's kind of the church's, yeah. the church's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, obviously we would want the two to agree on things, mm -hmm. but normally government and church doesn't really yeah. agree, and it goes all the way back to, yeah. you know, when the Jews were in Egypt, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Pharaoh telling them what to do. So, but there is behaviors that do hurt others mm -hmm. that the government should have laws against. Yeah. You know, government intervention in rape, murder, yeah. and things like that. Um, we feel that abortion is murder, mm -hmm. so there should be laws that, to ban that practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's an idea that the government should step in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they don't believe it being murder since it's legal, but we would say no. Mm -hmm. It should be against the law to, to kill a child. Yeah. If you were to ban it, um, do you think you would prosecute the women who uh, participated in it as well? Or? That's a tough question. I, I don't know what I would do in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know there's arguments on both sides. Uh, again, you take a gun and you shoot someone, that's a crime. Yeah. But killing an unborn in the womb yeah. is not. So I don't know what I would do in that situation. <clears throat> I honestly don't know. Yeah. And again, I'm not skirting these yeah, questions. Yeah, I just don't know what I would do in that situation. I'm just in a very difficult legal position to be Trying to figure out, like, because like I said, I think Luke identifies as a Christian conservative as well, would you say? Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. And um, so, like like I said, I believe in a little government, but, like, would you say that all immoral actions, because we all agree that they're destructive, should they be against the law? Because I feel like that's just too much power for the government. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, mm -hmm. it does. Like, here, I, let me use the example, uh, let's say pornography. That's something that's obviously, there's scientific studies behind it, not just immoral, that it just affects um, the users, males, females, um, you know, whatever it is. You know, it hurts them physically, um, you know, mentally and spiritually. It's destructive. Um, say the government, this would be impossible, say the government would have the power to restrict pornography from the, you know, from the internet, from wherever, do you think they should? Sure. But then, because it is dangerous, it, yeah. it, it is bad. A lot of, I mean, there's a lot of bad things that happen. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of organized crime associated with pornography. There's a lot of the women get addicted to drugs, mm -hmm. and that's why I have this some of this extreme stuff. Is women, you know, they're, they're addicted. They'll do whatever they can to get the next fix. Yeah, um, it does break down society. It is harmful yeah. to both men and women. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just the women in pornography that are harmed. It's the men because mm -hmm. they they cheapen themselves. Yeah. And, so there is effects of society. Kids younger and younger are getting addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. um, some studies show as it's early as eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. And it's so prevalent. You know, everyone has the internet on their phone yeah. and they can get it. So I think that it, there is harmful mm -hmm. effects of that on people in society as a whole. Yeah. So, but again, the balance of church and state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you consider it like a form of cheating like if you were married and yeah like, I tell that to especially men that do confess it uh, during confession mm -hmm. I say you know you don't consider that to be cheating yeah you have a spouse you, you've promised to, to love her and now you're going uh, to this 
pornography that is cheating. So yeah, I do consider it cheating on them. They're seeking sexual pleasure in someone other than their spouse. Yeah. I, no, I think, no, I, I totally agree with you on how just destructive it is and how evil it really is. Mm-hmm. I just, again, this is where I get to the problem, is that too much power for a government to have to regulate that stuff? Because mm-hmm. it gets to a point like, what is pornography? Maybe, do, does that make sense? Like, the government can say, oh, this is pornography, when it clearly isn't, and they're just trying to regulate it, because maybe they don't agree with what it is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could lead to, like, free speech. Yes, that's too. exactly what I'm getting to. Like, it's kind of like hate speech in a way. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think if you censor that, like, it just sets a precedent of, you know, and I think we're not naive to liberal media and stuff like that, where I think if government had power like that, they'd probably try and shut down, you know, conservatives. Yeah. Or at least mm-hmm. They'd go after Christians. I just think it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But is that free speech, pornography? You know. But I think it could, it could. I think you can argue it is from a legal standpoint, so. I mean, I don't think that hold up in, in court by any means, but... But government tries to regulate other things. Remember that New York City thing? They tried to regulate sugar and drinks. Yeah. And uh, drinks, yeah. You know, soft drinks could only be so yeah. uh, big because yeah. of the sugar in there. And, then, yeah. you know, trying to get rid of straws. Yeah. So the government is trying to be trying very interviewed in mm-hmm. some of these aspects. Well, something like pornography, that is harmful. Yeah. It is addictive. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people, you know, many times, especially the younger people that come and... Um, confess pornography. I say, if I put a line of cocaine here, would you do it? Like, no. I said, well, it's the same thing with pornography. Mm-hmm. The same part of the brain's affected, and the same addictive qualities that's in that cocaine is in pornography. Yeah. So it's just as bad. It's, there's like scientific studies. It's not usual. Sure. You could just take out the moral. Yeah. It's not. These aren't a bunch of old men over in Rome exactly, saying yeah. pornography is bad. These are S- scientists. Yeah. So there is a harmful aspect to mm-hmm. it. But again, the question is, should the government regulate that? Yeah. Well, they're trying to regulate all these other things, wearing mm-hmm. a mask, you know. I, I, we can I argue just, about that yeah. ad nauseum. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out things. the line between where immoral actions should be protected by the state. Yeah, I think it's the common good. Yeah. You, know, you studied that with Mr. Jaraki, mm-hmm. so I'm sure both of you could wax eloquently about the common good, and I'm sure I would... Uh, prefer her to this video to watch that. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, there's the common good aspect of it. Yeah. I that, has, that has to be always in mind, what yeah. is the common good? Yeah. It's something that is detrimental to society yeah. as a whole. Um, yeah, it's not good to drink a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. drink pop all yeah. the time, but, you know, should the government say, you they know, have the right tax to do this, that. and so mm-hmm. you can't buy more than this. So I guess what we're kind of getting at is, in, in your opinion, what is the role of government? Because a lot of people think it's to, a lot of people think a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the role is to, the role of government is to keep order, yeah. uh, both foreign and domestic, and that's ensure justice. It, and that's about it. Yeah, ensure justice. justice. Yeah. You know, someone is being harmed <clears throat> to have recourse to the government to say, no, yeah. this is wrong. Yeah. I think what happens is, and I'm sure you would remember this also from your <clears throat> class, the idea of, um, uh, what's it called? Subsidiarity. Yeah. You know, things should be taken the lowest level. The lowest level yeah. of competency is where things should be resolved. Yeah. yeah. So we don't need the federal government to tell us how to do this. You can have the yeah. local government to do that. So there is uh, a local government, state government, federal government. It should be at the lowest level. So there's, sometimes they argue a lot. But we're seeing that now even in 
the state of Pennsylvania, you know, there are some county governments that are saying this thing, and the governor said, you know, the yeah. state government yeah. said, no, you have to do this. And then there's some things that the federal government is saying, this needs to be done, and yeah. the governors are saying, no, it needs to be here. So, you know, there's always arguments about that. But I would just say the common good is very important. Mm-hmm. The role of government is to maintain order, to make sure that justice is served. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the limited government, that's the tricky part. Yeah. yeah. Know what you know? What can the government do? Yeah. Cannot do. Um, as I said before, one thing they can't do is tell us how to run our worship services. It's yeah. not just Catholics. Any yeah. church out there, yeah, yeah. You know, they can't tell a Baptist how to run their church or the Methodists. So, what do you think about decriminalizing drugs? <sighs> That's a tough one. I think it is supremely stupid to decriminalize drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it in my life with marijuana and they graduate to other drugs. You know, I've had a number of people over the course of my life who have died from drug overdoses and it's not like you just start shooting heroin one day. You yeah. know, things can lead up. Now, sometimes people make bad choices right away, mm-hmm. but, you know, usually you start smoking pot and then you say, okay, I want a bigger high. Yeah. And then you just keep going and going. So I think decriminalization is not a great idea. You know, you think, just um, no good's going to come from it. But I think more and more government governments are going to do it for the tax revenue. Yeah. Especially now with all the negative economic impact of this coronavirus thing. Yeah. They're yeah. going to look for more and more ways to generate tax revenue. That's why we have casinos. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, the only place you could gamble in this country was out Las Vegas and Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Now every state has casinos yeah. because it's a tax generator. Yeah. Do you so, think it have like a big benefit though just for you know getting less people incarcerated and because i think a lot of us can agree like people who do drugs aren't violent and like most people so depends on the drug you do i'm not sure but like like simply marijuana especially especially if we're talking about Bunch of, uh, bunch of teenagers getting together, smoking marijuana, yeah. they're just going to eat peanut butter cups and fall asleep. Right? <laughs> yeah. But so, people that are addicted to heroin or crystal meth, they are going to do whatever they have yeah. to do to get the next fix. Mm-hmm. And that's where you do find a lot yeah. of the crime. Um, so there are aspects to that. that but I think society. as far as like just having less people in prison for yeah, drugs. Yeah, and that's right? another, you know, and that's a whole different issue than the, the actual. Yeah. Mm-hmm decriminalizing the drugs that's another thing should people be in jail for um, marijuana possession things like that but then what about the, the drug dealers <clears throat> usually you, that's a whole other issue too yeah. so it's a complex issue mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a good idea I, yeah. I think it's going to lead to more and more heavier drug use among them. not that people aren't smoking marijuana already I get mm-hmm. it All right, I was your age once <laughs> I, I know what it's like out there, but, you know, to decriminalize it, you know, it, it's, I think it's just going to lead to more and more, because it's going to be so much more accessible. Yeah. That's the problem. It's going to be more and more accessible to the young, and then they're going to want more and more intense highs. I've seen it in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my, my best friend in ninth grade, uh, he's now in the cemetery, a drug overdose. A guy I went to college with, drug overdose. Okay, I went mm-hmm. to grade school with, drug overdose. I think the close family member two yeah. years ago drug overdose. So, but with legalization, I think there comes 
like it's more safe and like people will always know what they're getting. You're still going to have an underground drug trade. Yeah. Well, because yeah, of course. When you when you legalize marijuana, there's going to be such heavy taxation on it. I was just saying it's still going to be yeah. cheaper to go to the drug dealer. You don't know what it. You yeah. Know, what you might be getting. I think what yeah. you're just trying to get at is sort of a destigmatization of it. Yeah. Kind of like if you look at uh, certain communities, like the Jewish community, there's extremely low alcohol addiction rates. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's due to the fact that they're given wine from sure. very young we age. We see that in Europe. Yeah, we see it in Europe, Europe and, yeah. and even in the Christian faith to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you guys try to get at is, do you think there would be any sort of wait till you're older or you've used this in the past and, I mean, there's not something super cool about it because it's illegal? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's, it's kind of similar to alcohol. I mean... Yeah, sure, true. sure. There's a lot of uh, teen drinking and stuff. Um, really, really, Nico. You want? Sure. That can't be true. Snitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. But um, but again, it's the idea that it is. Yeah. But I think there's a lot. <clears throat> like people aren't like drinking alcohol to, you know, rebel as much as they would be when mm-hmm. using drugs. I think mm-hmm. comparably. Mm-hmm. I think it's a slippery slope yeah. with marijuana. Um, I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Again, the cynic in me, it's because of the tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see it before long. I just think it can lead. I've seen it lead to other, mm-hmm. other drugs. Yeah. And you know, then it's going to be, well, do we want to um, legalize heroin? Yeah. First of all, things like that. Yeah. Um, which are some horrible drugs. You know, I think there just needs to be a greater education and just more unbiased information because either it's all good or it's all bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people just need to know the truth and yeah. we should yeah. let them decide for their own. But there are a lot of, you know, it does affect the young brains, especially yeah. developing brains. Mm-hmm. Smoking marijuana can affect it very adversely. I heard that they, there's people starting to add stuff to it that can actually cause schizophrenia. Like there's been studies behind that. Mm-hmm. That can like affect the brain that much. Yeah. Especially buying marijuana from a drug dealer, you don't know what it might be laced yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't get it that many times drug dealers will give you free drugs. Why do you think a drug dealer would give you free drugs? So you'll come Keep back. You coming back. Keep you coming back. I, I saw that happen once at a party in college. You know, I had a friend who <clears throat> was known to smoke a few joints here and there. Well, mm-hmm. he was at a party and guy said, Hey, let's go outside and get high. Well, a guy gave him a crack pipe. You know, and it doesn't take long to get addicted to crap. Yeah. So and he was smart enough to to refuse. But yeah. again, drug dealers yeah. want you to keep coming back. I just think marijuana getting that high is going to lead more and more to people wanting a, a bigger high and a bigger yeah. high. Yeah. But it's going to happen. So how do we deal with it? That's mm-hmm. going to you know mm-hmm. that's to be determined. Yeah. I think as far as like people wanting to get bigger and bigger highs, but um. I think, like, people have said, you know, marijuana, like, you can have similar effects to heroin with, you know, some strains of it. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of different strains, a lot of different potencies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the edibles, you know, people don't know what they're yeah. doing. They eat the whole candy bar. Well, you yeah. know, no good comes from that. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Yeah. But many times, is it a hard no for you? Would you say the legalization? Is it a hard no? Yeah, it would be. Okay. What do you think about it? I think it's a bad idea because it's going to lead more and more. Because I've seen it in my life. Yeah. You know, I went to, I didn't get 
the honor of going to a good Catholic high school. I went to public high school, and I used to watch drug deals in study hall. You know, the kids in the back, because we had this 80-year-old teacher. We didn't know what was going on. So the kids in the back would have drug deals going on. And I saw my friends starting to get, especially this one guy I was telling you about, my ninth grade best friend. He started with marijuana, and it graduated eventually heroin, and that's what killed him. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it. Now, I think what we got to do is get kids to say no to that. Not in a naive way like yeah. we, you know, when I was in grade school, it's yeah. Nancy just say no. <laughs> yeah. We got to say it's not a good choice to make yeah. to do that. Um, alcohol is legal. It's not a good choice to get rip roaring drunk yeah. under any circumstances, especially yeah. the young, because I don't know if you guys know this or not. The young can make bad decisions. So can the old. So it's not good to get rip-roaring drunk, get in the car. You know, lots of bad choices. So it's getting people not to make bad choices versus, you know, all all the other arguments, which are all good things, but that's the important thing, the education. Say it's not worth it. There's other things you can do. You can go out, you know, exercise, and all the endorphins in the brain, the dopamine, that can get you high. If you ever had a good workout, you just feel good. Well, that's a healthy way yeah, yeah. to get that feeling versus smoking a couple joints. Now, yeah, you yeah, smoke yeah. a couple joints, you fall, you know, get the munchies and you fall asleep. <laughs> but it leads to more versus. Now, there are people who are addicted to exercise because of the thing, but you know, it's not the worst thing to be addicted to. <laughs> it's a healthier addiction. It's a healthier addiction. Although, you know, sometimes you do see it, it can be very yeah, healthy. Yeah. But you can get the same effect in other ways. Mm. You know? What do you think about like more psychedelic? Drugs such as like mushrooms or like DMT. Yeah, and acid. Uh, those are again, you're affecting the brain in such a way that you're yeah. seeing visions and whatnot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not good, you know. And plus, you never know how you might react to stuff. And again, this is made in illegal laboratories. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you don't know what you're yeah. gonna get. Um, my family member who died, you know, it was fentanyl. So people buy heroin laced with fentanyl. They don't know what they don't know yeah. there's fentanyl in it. So they go, okay, I'm at this stage of injecting heroin, well, fentanyl might kill you. Yeah. So, I, but I think getting back to your question about the psychotropic, or not psychotropic, the psychedelic drugs, um, again, no good comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like I watched this really interesting podcast from Joe Rogan with uh, Paul Stamets. I highly recommend it, and he is like a mushroom scientist and he was uh talking about how after like one trip of his mushrooms he cured a stuttering disorder yeah. that he had and he was saying that you know there are mushrooms that aren't psychedelic that could really help yeah, i think we have to research that mm-hmm. but again if your your intention is just to get high well that's yeah. different than well let's yeah. see if there are some therapeutic and medicinal mm-hmm. uh, aspects to these things mm-hmm. yeah so sort of shifting back towards uh, current events. And yeah, it's interesting how we got sidetracked like that. I read that uh, Bishop Zubik declared that St. Benedict of Moore Church mm-hmm. in the Hill District is going to be a black-only parish. I mean, um, anybody can still go there. Yeah. But okay. it's geared specifically towards okay. so I read both African-Americans and Africans. Yeah. Because we do have an African population yes. in the city. So they go there. I don't think that's a problem at all. You yeah. know, there are, it's called a personal parish. Okay. There are two types of parishes. A parish mostly is a geographical area. You know, St. Cunagunda Parish. All right. But there are also personal parishes. And we have a number of them. We have a, a Polish personal parish, Magdalene yeah. Heart of Mary. Um, 
St. Nicholas in Millville is, uh, I forget what nationality. Mm -hmm. We have the Latin Mass community, Precious Blood of Jesus Parish. The people that celebrate the old form, older form of Mass. Yeah. So there are personal parishes. It's been like that yeah. since time yeah. memorial. So I don't have a problem with that. You know, we need to feed people yeah. with yeah. the faith. And sometimes people might need that. Now, that doesn't mean that now if you're a black Catholic, you can't go to say, yeah. in the parish. Yeah. It, it's the people's choice. But yeah, sometimes people need to be fed with that. And if you ever went to Mass there, I've been to Mass there a couple times. It's a lot different than mm -hmm. your typical uh, yeah. Catholic church. There's a lot of the uh, black church elements into it, the music, yeah. the preaching. Mm -hmm. You know, 35-minute homily there. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know? I, I misread the, uh, the yeah. article then. I thought it was a... Uh... Like it's sort of an exclusively. No, no anybody can go there. Guys. Okay, yeah, anybody can go there. And there's been a lot of people I've known who were white that went there because they yeah. liked the experience. Mm -hmm. So again, we need to feed the people. Yeah. And as long, uh, and there's many different ways to do that. As long as it's a good thing, yeah, yeah. Have that. And like I said, it's not the only personal parish. Yeah. That I've seen. This is a uh, Saint Benedict of Moore, correct? This yes. is the district. Yeah, it's right above the where the well, this is the Pittsburgh way of talking. Where the Civic Arena used to be. Okay. It's okay. up on the hill. Yeah. Now, if you, what is it called the Consul Center or the PPG? Yeah, is it PPG? Right. PPG. PPG Arena. If you go up the hill, there's a church right there that's Epiphany. Okay. If you go up the hill, there, it's, there's a statue on top mm -hmm. of that St. Benedict the Moor. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. And it's been a de facto black Catholic church for mm -hmm. decades. Mm -hmm. Now it's just an official entity. Gotcha. So, no, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. With all like the racial tension that's been going on, with you know, kind of ignited off the George Floyd incident, yeah. which you know, everybody agrees. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know anybody who says, yeah, well, yeah, he should." Every good person yeah. would agree with that, you know. Um, now we see, you know, we see all the protests and the riots that you know started from it. What would you, what would your opinion, or maybe the Catholic Church's opinion, be on the Black Lives Matter movement? Okay, I think you have to differentiate the movement mm -hmm. from the entity. There is a group called Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. It's a specific group. They have web page. They have their ideas on there. Yeah. That can be problematic, mm -hmm. some of their points. But the idea of calling for equality for black Americans, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Racism is a sin. Mm -hmm. All right. Racism is a sin. So anything that breaks down racism breaks down injustices is a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes different groups associated with that, it can be problematic. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, it doesn't mean that I'm not for racial justice, mm -hmm. just because I don't agree with some of the platforms of the group called Black Lives yeah. Matter. Yeah. But the concept of Black Lives Matter, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be any kind of racial justice. That cop, I don't know what was going through his head. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the guy's handcuffed, He's Based on his belly, on. on the ground. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah. I don't know why he had to have his knee on his neck. Mm -hmm. One of the things I find very problematic, and it's something I can relate to, and I'll tell you why I can relate to it, is to say now that all cops are bad. Yeah. To say that all cops are racist, <clears throat> all cops are, are violent. That's very problematic. And it means a lot to me because I've seen it with priests, with the grand jury report two-plus years ago. Or yeah. whatever it was. Was it two year and a half? Or two and a half years ago. Yeah. We got painted with a broad stroke. Yeah. All yeah. priests are child molesters. Mm -hmm. you, you watch a comedian now and they talk about the church. What are they going to say? Priests are pedophiles. So, and I got some very bad looks from people yeah. when I would wear my collar out in public. 
Um, so they assume that. Well, we can't assume that all pre or, or all police are bad. Yeah. This idea of you know Minneapolis is going to get rid of their police department. What could possibly go wrong? You know. There are like three movies about why that's a bad Home idea. <laughs> so you can't say that all police are bad. Mm-hmm. Are there bad police officers? Sure. Yeah. All there are there bad priests? Sure. Are there any? Yeah, there's bad. People but you can't paint with broad strokes, and that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't believe anybody in their right mind would say that what that police officer did to George Floyd was justified. Yeah. Maybe crazy Ku Klux Klan, Aryan Nations people would say, oh yeah. yeah. Any good person would agree that it was bad. Any good person can see that. And, and I know at the time that happened, a lot of police officers spoke out and said, yeah. that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were ashamed of yeah. that. But now we're painting with a broad stroke, or some people, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. people think all priests are job molesters. Yeah. I think it's sort of leading into a point that we were planning on talking about, um, sort of the idea of generalizations in our society, uh, identity politics, yeah. saying if you are if you are white, you are a racist, or you're a slave holder, or yeah. if you're a priest, you're a child molester, yeah. you're a police officer, you're mm-hmm. a racist. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think are the the potential effects that we haven't seen yet that could come from this sort of group identity mm-hmm. uh, politics? I think, again, it's the painting with broad strokes, um, generalizations. You, you group everybody together with the bad apples. Yeah. And again, this idea of defunding the police, getting rid of it. And not everyone who says defund the police want to get rid of police departments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some do, not all. And some of them want to use money that's given to the police for other ways. And there might be other ways to keep a society safe. Mm-hmm. You still need the police department, you know. And I think what what this does is identity politics is say, well, first off, every white, every black, every American Indian, whatever it might be, are all the same, and we're not all yeah. the same. Not everybody is the same, be it whatever your race might be, whatever your gender might be. And I think just painting with broad strokes, putting everyone together, that's where discrimination can come in, and they might not mean. There might, their intent might not, setting out might not be discrimination, but that's what it can lead to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clumping everyone together. Um, I don't agree that all white people are racist. And there are different definitions of racism out there. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And it can just leave, again, everybody yeah. thinks a priest is a child molester. Yeah. That's probably it's such a dangerous idea, you know, to have like that old to even push agenda that all white people are racist because that just kills the opportunity for yeah. you know black and for white black friends, you know, for for anything like that for, for black, black and white. Yeah, black and white. I I think I see you know overall in our society we can't dialogue with one another. Mm-hmm. People cannot sit down with someone with whom they disagree and have a discussion, um, and that's wrong. Yeah, that's, that's, that's problematic. Problem. You can't just sit down and talk. Yeah. And we see that more and more. You know, whenever I was a kid, Ronald Reagan was president. Tip O'Neill was Speaker of the House. They did not agree on many things politically, but they were friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could sit down, have a discussion, talk with each yeah. other. Even Justice Scalia, who died not long ago on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. was very good friends with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. You can't get two more yeah. people who are who will disagree on things, yeah. but they could have a discussion. 
they could be friends. Mm -hmm. That's a problem that now there's such vitriol, such hatred that people can't just talk. Yeah. You know, and sometimes with the freedom of speech that we have in this country, is that some people exercise freedom of speech and you don't like what they say, but they have a right to say it. Yeah. Um, the only thing you don't have a right to hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the free speech debate, you don't have the right to the right to right. incite violence. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. we know that. Yeah. yeah. What was I? What was the point I was trying to make? Is that you just can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes there might be opinions that you don't like, but people might have a right to say them. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to the point where we're trying to stifle that free speech, yeah. and that's yeah. wrong. We're, we're trying to get rid of opinions that you don't agree with. Yeah. Um, I just read an, an article, and I don't honestly don't know how I feel about these Confederate monuments and statues. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still working that out. Yeah. But this essay today said that you know, you know, many times these, these statues may have been erected as a sign of reconciliation. Yeah, these people went against the, the Union and tried to get out, but they lost. Now. Yeah. We're bringing them back into the government mm-hmm. to be a part of uh, the new solution. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why these statues were put, like in the Capitol Rotunda, whatever. Yeah, never thought of them. I don't know how I, yeah, what yeah. I agree with with uh, the statues. But if you don't agree with the statue, there's a way to deal with it. Let's make our concerns known, mm-hmm. and maybe we can put it in a museum versus out in public. Yeah. But just to tear it down. And some of the Catholic statues are tearing down. It's just yeah. They have been. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a... And Emperor Osera, he's a Catholic saint. Mm-hmm. He was a missionary out in the Southwest. And people were saying, well, he was from the, the, the government, you know, the Spanish government. Yeah. Well, he appealed to the Spanish government to treat the native populations yeah. better than they were being treated. Yeah. So they're tearing his statues down. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. But to have a debate, if you disagree with the statue being erected, let's talk about it. Maybe have a petition, get the, get the statue removed in a way other than just tearing it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they tore down a statue of Frederick Douglass. Yeah. And, uh, they a lot know? of these people just aren't informed on the history behind the So, But again, this essay I read this morning was interesting because you know, maybe these Confederate people, statues were erected as a sign of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You're still Americans. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is. It's wrong. We settled, you know, with the Civil War. Let's move forward. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know personally how I feel about it. I'm mm-hmm. still working that out about these yeah. statues. But and I think that's something that a lot of times is lost in society today is you have to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, well I'm I'm still trying to figure out what yeah. I think about it. And one of my one of my friends, he's sort of like an older brother figure. I was talking to him the other day, and he said that the greatest loss of our generation is the death of social dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree on that, that that's a driving force. Can't sit down it's a polarizing thing. force that we all yeah. suffer from. Yeah, that's that's what we try to do here. That's why we have a mm-hmm. podcast. We brought on people, and we will continue to bring on people, hopefully, that uh, have disagreeing with opinions. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do is just, yeah, just talk. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Be civil. You might not change someone's opinion with whom you disagree, but mm-hmm. at least you're able to say what you believe and why you believe, mm-hmm. and then to say, well, this is what yeah. I think. It's a good reason to rationalize. And also getting to know other people's opinions yeah. mm-hmm. can help you form your own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something you disagree with. Um, but understanding why someone might have that opinion yeah. Yeah, might help you with your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you mentioned uh, tearing down religious statues and how that's happened. Uh, I read recently in the news that uh, out in California, I think, there have been multiple churches that have been burned and vandalized. Yeah, there was one of the missions, churches, I forget where. Um, other statues have been beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, in France, they, they've had a cathedral set on fire. Yeah. Um, there's been a number of things that happen, especially in France and Europe, that don't make the news. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said, they hated me, they will hate you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would not like the church stands for. Yeah, I guess I would ask, um, what's an appropriate response to say churches being burned down? Because we are taught to turn the other cheek, but at the we same are. time I Well there's mercy, we can yeah. forgive. Yes. But there's also justice. Yeah. You know, if someone burns down a church, they need to be brought to justice yeah. and, and be punished for that. So yeah, turning the other cheek is one thing, but also making sure justice is served is another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the right to self-defense. Yeah. You know, Jesus said turn the other cheek, but you have a right to defend yourself, mm-hmm. even using deadly force if someone's coming at you with deadly force. And in fact, in some situations, you have an obligation to defend. If yeah. you're, you know, if someone's attacking your family, yeah. say one of you guys have a family someday, your father and a husband, and someone's coming to attack your family, you have a right if not an obligation yeah. to defend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. that's a good, that's a good point. I, I think you know like I, we all agree that self defense is needed at some yeah. points. So and you would say that the burning of the churches would that be a point where self defense would be needed? Well, you need to defend the property. Yeah, you know you're right to defend property. Yeah. Um, if someone's just coming at you, just a person, you have a right to use a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you need to defend property. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a right to private property. We have a right to church property. We have a right to defend that property. You can forgive the person, but again, justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe try to figure out why they did it. Try to educate. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you have to use people as an example also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, unfortunately, and maybe it's the pessimist in me, I think we're going to see more and more of that. With, yeah. Yeah. And especially in society, is that some of our teachings are viewed as hate speech. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We're against gay marriage. We're against homosexual activity. Abortion. Abortion. That's hate speech. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see more and more of that. Yeah. But Jesus told us that 2,000 years ago. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. And sometimes the church can be holiest under persecution. Yeah. Because people really have to make a decision mm-hmm. to believe and have to make a decision to, yeah, I'm part of the church, um, despite what the world might think. Mm-hmm. Well, let me uh, get back to a point. Um, I just have another question regarding the St. Benedict the Moore Church. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we all agree that the three words, Black Lives Matter, that's a, I think everybody good agrees with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the movement itself, I, I don't agree with that. I think it's actually, in many ways, like, un-Catholic, because they talk about how the... Are you talking know, about the movement yeah, overall, yeah. or the group called Black Lives the, Matter? I think it's the organization. Yeah. Okay. I think some members of the movement too. Yeah. I don't. I don't rock in general as course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, they talk about just you know breaking the nuclear family, how that's bad. Which yeah. you know, I think that's a pretty strong Catholic perspective. That sure. it's a good thing. Um, it's also a very anti-cop movement. Uh, sorry, the organization itself is very anti-cop. Mm-hmm. And it says I'm, I just brought up several articles when I was doing research on this. Um, and I, I know many police officers who are Catholic because I come from a family um, of police officers. And they actually got like very uh, irate about um, the situation that it says they hosted a Black Lives Matter vigil at that church. Yeah, I don't know what the motivation mm-hmm. the priests or that parish were. Mm-hmm. Um, 
hopefully what they were looking at was the movement and mm -hmm. the concept of valuing black lives, yeah. which they should be valued. Yeah. I don't know what was going through their minds, so I can't make a judgment on them. Because remember from Mr. McCarron's class, what is an important thing with all actions is, begins with an I, intent. intent. He would be very happy to know that you uh, you answered it. So I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what their intention was, so I don't want to judge okay, them. Yeah. But I, I think you got to look at, again, the concept, the movement versus yeah. the group called yeah. them. Because again, they have many I think if it was just strictly a social a social rights thing or just simply respecting just black lives, you know, the, the human dignity of black lives, mm -hmm. but the fact that it said black lives matter vigil was just such a turn off to yeah. most, you know, yeah. Yeah. most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just... We're all kind of on the same page. Yeah, I was just yeah. told the, by many police officers that it was a turn off, but... And I don't think that represents even the diocese of Pittsburgh. No, that was yeah. their own. No, that's, yeah, parish. Parish. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's something important, you know, for people to know too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Um, now, Father, you're something. Uh, I know that you're uh, very open to talking about this, um, mm -hmm. and I think this is maybe the most. This might be the biggest turnoff uh, away from the Catholic Church would be the pedophile sure. incident. Uh, you know, could you? Could you even explain how that all happened? Like, I, I can't even wrap my head around how, how it's not a coincidence that, you know, if there were two priests that were pedophiles, that's a coincidence, but there were, there were several, you know, I just can't yeah. wrap my head around that. You have to differentiate two things, mm -hmm. the church itself versus people within the church. The church was founded by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Divinely instituted, governed, you know, uh, protected by the Holy Spirit. There are people in the church who have free will. And with that free will, as you all know, we can make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Look at the first apostles. Jesus yeah. made a bad decision. Yeah. So it goes all the way back. Not that we're justifying it. Yeah. Um, but there were, and it was a very small minority of priests. Um, again, I'm not making excuses, mm -hmm. but the Boy Scouts are going through this now. Um, Do you know the number? I don't know the numbers. Do you know the ballpark? I not too read between one and two percent. Yeah, so it's a small okay. number. Yeah, they made bad, if not evil, choices. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know why they did it. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they were just evil priests. Mm -hmm. But the, the challenge is for people to differentiate the actions of people in the church from the church itself. Yeah. yeah. I told people whenever that the grand jury report first came out, say stay in the church. Demand that these things, those people are brought to justice, mm -hmm. that the church changes whatever it might be to change, to, to make the changes that we need to make. You know, stay in the church, make sure that, that comes. But yeah. people associate, well, how can it be really by God if these men yeah. make these bad mm -hmm. choices? And it was very difficult as a priest to read that grand jury report mm -hmm. to see what some other priests have done. Yeah. It is evil. Mm -hmm. And some of the details I'm not going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Evil. Yeah. But that's not the church. Mm -hmm. Those are people within the church. And that's been the challenge I think for a long time is that people judge the church based on actions of people mm -hmm. within the church. Mm -hmm. And many times throughout its 2000 year history, um, the leaders of the church have fallen short of what they mm -hmm. should be doing. Yeah. 
was it, so would you say that it was just it, it was just a crazy coincidence that there were several priests that happened to be pedophiles or do you think there's something greater that they, I'm not trying to that make it I seem like know. a conspiracy yeah, theory. I, I mean, but there were some groups. Yeah, it seems like it was almost trying to attack and infiltrate, you know, the Catholic Church, trying to damage it. Well, we're Satan going to be working overtime, trying mm -hmm. to, to break down the church. Yeah. yeah. So priests are uh, particularly susceptible to, to, you know, to temptations. Yeah. The devil and the demons, because our job yeah. is to bring people close yeah. to God. They don't want people to be close to God. Yeah. Was it a greater percentage than society as a whole, or like for instance, the Boy Scouts or teachers? Many times, pedophile teachers were covered up in the past. Yeah. I don't know. I think there was not the level of psychological testing that mm -hmm. is done now mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. I think also the time period it was crazy, the fifties and sixties, the sexual. I, I, that might be part of it, but now. There's a lot of psychological testing yeah. that goes in yeah. to guys coming into the seminary. Yeah. And they hopefully weed out a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But back then, who knows why it just happened at that time. Yeah. But it was evil. Yeah. And we can't hide it. Mm -hmm. And we can't wish it away. What we need to do is learn from it and prevent mm -hmm. it from happening again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then instructing people that that's not the church as a whole. That's just people within the church. Yeah. But that's very difficult. A lot of people left. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people left in 2002 when the Boston scandal first came out. I don't think you guys were born in 2002. What was, what was that? Could you year old? That was uh, a series of newspaper articles in Boston that first brought to people's attention the fact that priests were pedophiles and shuffled around from parish to parish okay. uh -huh. and covered up. Yeah. Was there truth behind it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. That was a big scandal at the time. Yes. And that drove a lot of people away. Mm. And then with the, uh, the grand jury report yeah. two years ago, that also drove people away. Mm. But like I said, I told people, stay in the church. Mm. Fight yeah. For, yeah. You know, for justice for these kids who were uh, abused. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was just tough. It was very hard. And like I said, I got some very bad looks from people mm -hmm. when I'd be out in public. We, know, we, we were at that March for Life. Uh, we were yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We ran into that guy again this year. You did? Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't attack me personally, but he was there and doing his That's thing. Like, I got so he, mad. I had to stop him from punching him. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to. <laughs> no was, good would come from that. I know. I started yelling, and then I'm like, okay, my whole class is right behind me. So stop. Can't argue with idiots. Yeah, you know what I mean? He obviously has issues. And do, you know. It was just, it was, it made me so mad too that really nobody defended you, you know? Sorry, people told me afterwards. I know, it's just. I it think just the best thing I could have done was what I did. I yeah. just, I don't know if you saw me, I gave him a blessing. You know, that's what the Bible says, you know, yeah. return a blessing. Mm -hmm. so. It was just disgusting. Nothing, it wasn't nothing, the first time it happened and it probably won't be the last. Nothing good would have come from confrontation. Right. It just would have made his point look better. Yeah. yeah, and I think it made an impression on a number of students that I didn't fight back. Yeah. That was a case where, you know, turning on the Now, if the guy would have come at me, yeah. Yeah. throwing a punch at me, that would have been different. Yeah, I would have You know, yeah. just some guy yelling with a megaphone, hey, you know. Yeah. And That's something that I think society's lost. Sticks and stones can break on bones with words and never hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. This whole hate speech mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. Yeah. Father, um, I feel like there's no way that people higher up in the church did not know about the, the you know the pedophiles and 
my, I think my, my big question is, is, you might not even be able to answer this, but do you believe that the Pope knew Pope Francis? I'm sure he knew of cases. Now, here's the thing. At one time, they felt that pedophilia was curable. Mm-hmm. And these guys who did these things would be sent away to treatment centers. Yeah. And the treatment centers run by psychologists and psychiatrists said that this guy can be returned to ministry. Not, I'm not making excuses, yes. yeah. so please mm-hmm. don't think that. But I think there was a mindset that, well, he did it, but he's been cured. Yeah. We can put him back in. Mm-hmm. Was that the right thing to do? No. We know that now. Yeah, They might not have known it then. Now, we know that pedophilia is incurable, yeah. that it's a, a sickness and an illness, and it's criminal. Yeah. But back then, again, not making excuses, they might have been going with that. I would yeah. hope that's what it was. Yeah. Do you think Versus, that's why you know, yeah. knowingly think... sending a priest yeah, where you know he might do yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that happened. If that did happen, that's an evil yeah. act, mm-hmm. to send a priest knowing that he might do that again. Yeah. Do you think that's why he stepped down, the Pope? Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why he did. Uh Um, He said he was just not strong enough to do. Being the Pope is not an easy. He was um, one of the first living popes to do it, and it's been a long time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't know if that's the reason why he did. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, But I think you know, you knew the bad apples. Why did they keep shuffling around? I would hope. That is because they thought the guy was cured. Yeah. Him back. yeah. I would hope it's not, let's just cover this up, sweep it away, and do it. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say an appropriate response would be to finding out the priests or a number of priests are pedophiles? Would it be to, I guess... I think the John, there was a report published, the John Jay report. I don't know where you'd be able to find it, but they talked about the numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, even finding out, you know... It's been made public, all the, the yeah. priests in this diocese, yeah. versus how, there used to be a lot more priests out there. Um, so I don't know what the percentage would be, but it would be hard to find out. Yeah. I know there's national statistics on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the appropriate reaction from an authority, say a bishop or the pope would be? Would it be to laicize the priest? It's forced laicization. Oh, okay. And you don't have a choice anymore. Okay. Um, if a guy is accused uh, and convicted of anything like that, they are forcibly laicized yeah. and for those listening laicization is um, that you cannot exercise ministry ever again okay. and you're actually removed from the clerical state you become a lay person again yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's the response now and, and any you know anymore even an accusation you're going to yeah. be removed from ministry and it's going to go through the courts and it's going to go through not just civil authorities go through church authorities yeah. and, and be investigated mm-hmm. um, it's not a perfect system, but, you know. And I think those days are really over. Um, mm. People are much more so. aware yeah. of what yeah. goes on. And if you're a smart priest, mm-hmm. you're, you're not alone with children. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's smart. You know, if you guys were under 18, I probably wouldn't be yeah. here alone with you. Yeah. Just, that's just, you got to be careful. Yeah, that's smart. Because even if you don't do yeah. anything, <clears throat> people might see well Father Bill was with that student the only time I'm ever alone with a student is spiritual direction or confession yeah, yeah. and whenever I'm meeting with someone for spiritual direction I'm always in a room with a window mm-hmm. people can see the only time they can see is when I'm in a confessional um, there's nothing I can do about that yeah but you gotta just be careful you gotta mm-hmm. be prudent mm-hmm. and, and it's sad in a way that you have to think that way but you do 
Yeah. You just can't be alone. So more and more, people are just not alone with the kids anymore like they used to be. Yeah. And again, it's not that, you know, people might think you're doing something. It's just, it, it yeah. just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. You know, spot a bill with those kids. Perception is reality. Yeah. So you just have to be careful. So that happens a lot more. Plus, we've educated parish workers of what to look for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this whole idea of, you know, you have to go through this certification to be a volunteer at a parish. Mm -hmm. It's not because we think you're going to do something. It's that we want you to be educated to see Mm. the signs of someone who might be grooming a child. Yeah. Might be looking to do something evil. You know, we want you to be aware of the signs and the problems. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get across to the people sometimes. Some people take real offense that they have to go through background checks and whatnot. You just, no matter where you go to volunteer, you're going to go through background checks. Yeah. Yeah. So not just the church. When we first started instituting all of that years ago, um, it, it could get ugly. Some mm-hmm. parishioners just were so offended that you would say that I have to go through this. Well, you go anywhere anymore to volunteer. Yeah. There's going to be something. You know? So I, I think the days of molesting kids now hopefully it'll never happen again mm-hmm. but I think for the most part it's not like it was mm-hmm. and again it was a, a small minority yeah. of priests mm-hmm. and again we're painted now with broad strokes just like police officers painted yeah. with broad strokes and other professions but um, there's a lot more psychological testing that goes in I think people might be surprised all the psychological yeah. testing that goes through a, a candidate for the seminary goes through and it's not just one time it's continual yeah. and just to be aware yeah but you could probably get the statistics yeah somewhere online. yeah they're definitely somewhere yeah. online yeah but i appreciate you confirming that yeah um would you be able to stick around for a little longer sure okay we we have a couple of theological questions sure i'll do my best okay um there's actually one um that a bunch of people i know friends and family have been mm-hmm. asking it's such a random question okay uh, they just they're confused about the topic of Adam and Eve and how mm. everybody originated how did Asians mm. and Africans originate <laughs> Adam and Eve. That's what are talking about. Friends and friends and <laughs> there were common ancestors for all of us. <clears throat> Was it two people named Adam and Eve? Who knows if it was People named Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. You know, Jesus used parables in his teachings. Yeah. Sometimes the biblical authors use stories. What we do have to believe is that mankind was created by God. Yeah. We were created good with free will in the image and likeness of God. With our free will, we chose to sin. We fell from grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were common ancestors. How did it work? I so just every time it all worked out to where we are. Uh, that's one of those things we just don't have. The it's almost like a scientific question, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's just something I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's you know sometimes people, oh, you just don't know. You're not. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't know. But so you, we, we don't know all the questions or all the answers to all the questions. But um, the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible tells us a lot of different truths. Mm-hmm. And as a Catholic, you can take it literally, yeah. or you can take it theologically. It's true one yeah. way or the other. There were common ancestors. They chose to sin. Um, they fell from grace. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the story of the Bible was how God brought us back to grace, yeah. culminating in Jesus Christ. How did it all work out? God will tell us someday. Yeah. 
Do you um, support the theory of evolution? <sighs> the church doesn't have a, a definitive mm -hmm. teaching on that. What it does teach is that if there was evolution, mm -hmm. somewhere along the evolutionary path, yeah. man was given an immortal soul, yes. free will, mm -hmm. and the ability to make decisions, all of that. Mm -hmm. That's what I was Somewhere thinking. along the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. The person who formulated the idea of the Big Bang, do you know what his occupation was? He no, was yeah. a Catholic priest. Hmm. Okay? I, I forget I his name. I think it was French. He was European. Mm -hmm. But the idea of the, the universe beginning 13.8 oh. no, billion years ago yeah. started with that. Did, were humans... Did we come about created all at once or through evolution? I don't know. Mm. If you do believe in evolution, like I said, somewhere along the evolutionary path, immortal soul, uh, free will, image and likeness, and all of that. Yeah. But we just don't. And, you know, sometimes people can struggle with the fact that we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And it's tough sometimes to tell people we don't have I don't know. Was it evolution? Was it just all at once? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know. And and I'm not like I said. Before, I've said this a number of times already today. Yeah. It's not that I am trying to skirt the question. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know. Mm -hmm. What I do believe is immortal soul. All that yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I think my own, my own belief is uh, I kind of believe in the idea of evolution and that somewhere along the line mm -hmm. there was a man and a woman who were given a soul. Yeah. somewhere along the chain yeah. and that was Adam and Eve hmm. that might not have been their names but that's just a story yeah, that's just my perfectly belief. acceptable as a Catholic to believe that mm -hmm. so but what we do have to believe is being made in the image and likeness of God yeah. and mm -hmm. soul and free will and all that and we fell from grace mm -hmm. and we needed to be restored to grace that only came about through Jesus Christ not yeah. of our own uh, power that's, don't know. that's the most important part behind it I guess. and sometimes that's hard to realize we don't have all the answers yeah. And that can be tough, but we have all the answers we need, is how mm -hmm. I look at it. God has given us all the answers we need. Don't have mm -hmm. them all, but we have what we need. Who knows? Maybe someone listening will come up with one of those answers. Yeah. Maybe we got some great philosopher listening. We even in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, another question that's, well, something that I notice is a lot of Catholics don't believe in the idea of purgatory. I just noticed yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, is that is that like a like a hard guess? Like it, it's it's real. I would say Catholic. a lot of people don't. You know, you go to a lot of funerals anymore. The canonization services. You know, we're, we're definitely assured that this person's in heaven. They never went to mass. They didn't live out their faith. They didn't pray. Do we really know? Now we yeah. don't want to judge someone. That, yeah, that's yeah. God's department. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, purgatory. Now people, it's how we understand purgatory too. Mm. You know, I look at purgatory as a way of just being purified from all of our attachment to sin. Yeah. And if we look at it, it's a good thing. The Bible says to get to heaven, we have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our name is perfect. We never met one. No. Yeah. But God says, as long as you have faith in me, mm -hmm. as long as you're in the state of grace, I'm going to bring you home to heaven. I might have to clean you up a little bit. And that's what purgatory is. It's the process of getting rid of all of that attachment to mm -hmm. sin all the things that we fail to do in this life, making up for that. That's how I look at purgatory. And that's a good thing. And there's ultimately joy in purgatory because they know they're going to get to heaven. 
Mm-hmm. But we need to be purified of all mm-hmm. uh, of the gunk, you know, I spiritual that. oil change, you could call it. We need to get rid of all that attachment to sin, all the things that we didn't make up for in this world. That's going to be taken away in purgatory mm-hmm. so that we're able to get to heaven. So I think looking at it like that, it's reasonable. Yeah. And it makes sense. I think, now here's why, this is kind of another question, but it relates to this, is what about like aborted babies or um, babies that die from miscarriages? We don't know. Okay. Um, there's been a number of theological speculations throughout mm-hmm. the centuries as to what happens to um, unbaptized infants. Limbo yeah. being the most famous. Yeah. It's not a dogma. It's still something that's being speculated upon. Mm-hmm. We don't have the definitive answer yet. Yeah. We don't know. Reese, you know, the different theological direction that has been going in the church, and even John Paul II talked about this, is why would God exclude yeah. them from heaven? Because somebody else did that. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that answer. Yeah. So that's why I always tell people it's important. As soon as the baby's born, plan that baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know about aborted babies. We don't know about children who, you know, just miscarriages. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, they never got baptized. Yeah. We don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so it's pure speculation on that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those answers we just don't have. But again, limbo, some people take that as a doctrine. It's not. Did you explain that, Father? The that? idea of limbo is a state of natural happiness, huh. uh, but it's not with God in heaven. Mm. So it's that these souls of these unbaptized babies are happy, mm-hmm. they're joyful, but they're just not with God in heaven. They haven't had the beatific vision. So is there it's any comparable to like Nirvana or something like that? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't use that term. Oh. But yeah. Just sort of the idea. That... But again, it's the idea, well, why would God do that? Yeah. Some people say, well, maybe God gives those babies some kind of an opportunity to choose. I was them. just about to ask that. But that's yeah. mere speculation. Is there an opportunity to, I guess you wouldn't know, but like to go to heaven or are you just stuck there? Because it, that just doesn't seem I don't know. It's know? all speculation. Yeah. Again, sometimes some people say, well, maybe God gives those souls an opportunity yeah. to choose, but we don't. I would like to think that. It just yeah. seems so not. And that's like I said, some of the uh, similar to what more modern theology yeah. has been going that way, even yeah. John Paul II, but we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. It kind of disturbs me to think that they're just, they're screwed because of the abortion. And well, like, but it's a natural. If limbo is true, it's yeah. natural happiness. I know, but it's not happening. They're, they're not yeah. unhappy in any way. Yeah. But we don't know. The fact that they're not with God just kind of disturbs him. Yeah, we just don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry just, I don't have all the no, answers yeah. for you guys. Appreciate you doing your best. I have to be honest. We don't know everything. Yeah. Uh, another big question my mom wants to know. Uh, do animals, specifically dogs, have souls? <laughs> well, remember Mrs. Draghi? I think it was Mrs. Draghi talked about different kind of types of souls. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so they have a soul, soul being an animating power. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. You know, plants have souls, they're alive. Animals have souls, humans have souls. So the dog would have a soul. Is it a mortal soul? Does Do doggies go to heaven? <sighs> we don't know. We don't know. My mom says yes. <laughs> That's one of those things that, yeah. you know, I don't think it's a problem to believe that. We, mm-hmm. we just haven't been told yeah. are, are people's dogs going to mm-hmm. be in heaven. Um, and I talked to some of my friends about that, some yeah. of my priest friends with these questions. And, you know. Mm-hmm. They're just interesting questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a freshman um, religion teacher. Her name was Mrs. Stubeck. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that in order to answer that question, you need to be able to say that 
dogs, cats, animals have the ability to sin. Yeah. Is that a true statement? In order for them to go to heaven or hell? Speculation. Yeah. Okay. They can't sin because they don't have reason. They can't? Did you say? They can't sin because they don't have reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, your dog might do something wrong. Well, they, it's not like they thought about it. Yeah. You know? But we don't know what happens to animals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Bible does say that all creation will be renewed at the end of time. Who knows? Yeah. In my mind, it's kind of, it's pretty inconsequential. Yeah. Like, I mean, but if you're eight that years might old, just be my heartless. If you're eight years old self. and your puppy dog dies, yeah. it's a major yeah. thing. I don't know how I would answer a child if they asked me. I've been thinking about that. But we don't know. Yeah, we we just don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have anything? Um, no, I mean I'm sort of going down the list. Are ghosts real? Personally, <laughs> I don't think ghosts are real, but I think spirits are. So if you call them ghosts, then I guess. Well, yeah. what would? A, I don't really if know. you have a spirit in your house, who is doing bad things, yeah. what would that be? That's a ghost. That's a spirit. What type of spirit would it be? Probably a demon. Right. Really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, what about my my idea of ghosts would just be somebody who died and their spirit just lingering around. That's kind of what. Well, I, what does the church teach us that happens at the point of death? You go to heaven, hell, or purgatory. Right. So that's that's a no. Particular judgment. So you don't just hang around. Yeah. That, so, that's why I was about scared. I'm like, what if I can't find the lighter? Now some <laughs> demons will pretend to be. Yeah. Nice spirits, but they suck you in. Yeah. Believe that. It's real. Demons are real. Mm. And one of the and I know the exorcists of the diocese. I'm not going to say their names. Yeah. But I know people that deal with exorcism ministry, and they say one of the biggest problems right now is this ghost hunting phenomenon. Uh, people yeah. going out and looking for yeah. ghosts. Well, if you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. Yeah. All right. So a lot of people are having trouble with that. But yeah, they, they pretend to be good. What does the Bible say about Satan? He is the father of lies. Yeah. So they'll lie and say, "Oh, you know, I'm your 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 long lost aunt Esther." So you, you know, your aunt Esther dies, and you really yeah. loved aunt Esther. Well, the demons are going to come to you pretending to be aunt Esther, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to tell you things that only aunt Esther might have known. Well, they know it because they watched aunt Esther. It's kind of like uh, psychics, right? Yeah. It might be. In, are those like psychics? Are they like the real psychics? Are they actually in touch with they demons? Could be. Sure. Because the demons can give all those answers. Yeah. I know it's a sin to go to a psychic to begin with, yeah, according to the church. Yeah, first I say, wait, it's, it's scary stuff for me. But, but again, they're in, and they might not realize <laughs> it that they're demons they're yeah. working with. Yeah. But demons have full knowledge. They know everything that happened because they're hanging, they're watching us right now. I even tell you guys that. Yeah. They're watching us right now. So they could tell someone over in California what's going on here right now. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, that person's a psychic. They know all this stuff where the demons are feeding them information. Mm-hmm. Not that the psychic might even be aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, don't go to psychic. Well, thanks for don't do Ouija board. <laughs> don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Ghost hunting. It's, no good comes from it. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, I, I talked to the exorcists. Uh, you know, some of the stuff they say, you don't want to get involved in any of that stuff. I hear about demons like 10 times more than I hear about angels. Are angels real? And could you explain? Angels that? are real. Okay. okay, all the angels were created by God, and one third. The Book of Revelation talks about the, the war that broke out in heaven. One third of the angels fell. Mm-hmm. So those angels who fell are demons. Okay, mm-hmm. they're working against us. Mm-hmm. They hate us. They yeah. hate God. They mm-hmm. they want nothing more than to separate us from God. Yeah. So 
they will do what they can. The normal way, and this is what I tell people, you can't get all worked up about this. The, the normal and the most um, common way that they deal with it is they tempt us. Mm -hmm. They make what is bad look good. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing they do is that they tempt us. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you might have other issues, but it's rare compared to just everyday temptation. We all got to deal with it. Yeah. There's nothing we can do with it. No, we're no not, way to get out without being tempted. We're not angels. What's their role? Their role is to help us. So that's why we pray and ask them yeah. to help us. We have a guardian angel. Oh, that's true? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a teaching of the church. I'm Each right, and yeah. every one of us humans have a guardian angel. Their job is to fight the demons. Okay. Um, they might not do it as hard if we don't ask them to. Okay. So that's why it's it prayers prayer. to the guardian angels. To say, fight for me. Mm -hmm. You know, fight. But the angels are there to do God's will, to be messengers of God. We see that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, God has a plan for you. Do you accept? Mary said yes. So they assist God in carrying out his plan, but they also defend us. Mm -hmm. And they, they fight the demons for us. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's nothing we can do about it. We're going to be tempted. Yeah. So we have to fight those temptations so that mm -hmm. we can the best way to combat them would be uh, prayer and prayer, okay. being in God's grace, sacraments, um, as often as we can. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just staying close to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's tough in this current world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because it's very ungodly. But uh, it can be done. Yeah. Right. Just trusting in God's grace. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say thanks for coming on. No I really appreciate it. No problem. Like I said, this is my first podcast. Yeah, well, and being with such esteemed alumni of Walsh. You did really good. <laughs> so, all right. Well, glad I could be here for you. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right. Hope I didn't muddy any waters. And uh, okay. I hope people understand when we don't have all the answers. Yeah. It's okay. God has given us all the answers we need. It's an important thing to consider. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow, you made it this far? That's incredible. Hey, if you enjoyed the video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and stay tuned for more content. Thanks for watching.